Tom here. Welcome back to Owl Celebrates Learning, a podcast that features the stories of the students from the Owl community. Today we will hear from Maddie, who will tell us some more stories about the Hmong community, where they came from, and what it means to assimilate into a new culture. Imagine, a Hmong family had been residing in a temporary Thai refugee camp for years now. The circumstances of the severely overcrowded camp were barely tolerable, with no running water or electricity, but they couldn't have felt more victorious. They had been accepted to the United States, which would certainly be more of a home than this. But would they even be welcome? Is it even possible to have another sense of home after being forced out of their own? Let's rewind. For thousands of years, Hmong have faced prejudice. They've been pushed, quite literally actually, to northeastern countries in Asia such as Laos, Vietnam, and Cambodia. During the secret war, Hmong desperately needed an ally and fought alongside the Americans to fight the communists. These are the translated words of Yang Cha Ying. He doesn't know how, how many years he is, how old he is, but he knows that he knows how to shoot a gun. There were 80 men in his group when they were fighting and everybody died except him. When the war ended, Hmong were left to fend for themselves, and were also being hunted by the monarchy in Laos for siding with the CIA. So, they retreated to Thai refugee camps, or the jungle. From 1981 to 1986, there were only a couple thousand Hmong in refugee camps, but it grew to about 56,000 between 1987 and 1984. At first, only the most important Hmong were invited to the U.S., such as clan members. But a huge wave of refugees began filling in after being accepted in the mid-70s. These are the words of Shervan. You have to try to make the best out of it, you know, because you hear the state. And it kept growing. In 1980, 27,000 Hmong were pushed out of their country and admitted to migrate to the U.S. At first, they were purposefully spread evenly, but many pockets of Hmong felt pulled to the Twin Cities. This is because many Hmong wanted to stay close to their clan members and other Hmong, which is a perfect example of chain migration. And right now we have like a 20 in, in the whole family. So it's like double in uh, 15 years. On top of that, there were many economic and educational opportunities and a killer reputation of student achievement. Minnesota also had a long history of welcoming immigrants, which was a pretty big plus, but there was still the problem with unfamiliarity. He have a lot of stress and, uh, in his heart, you know, like, he keeps thinking if he just lay down and close his eyes, he sees Laos, and he sees his whole home in Laos, and he sees his country, so he think about that a lot. So, could this be their new home? It felt like a struggle to live in Minnesota. Besides having to learn how to speak English, Hmong culture revolved heavily around farming, and American agriculture was mostly huge companies and machines by then. Another struggle was adapting to the Western medicine. Some practices like surgery went completely against their beliefs. Uh, learn to uh, adapt to your culture. You know? We have uh, to remember that we're not American people, and if you become that, you know, uh, your life will not last long. But with the help of other Hmong refugees, and sometimes a sponsor, the Hmong were able to adapt to Minnesota while still keeping their culture strong. In February of 2002, Mimu was selected as the first Hmong politician in the Minnesota Senate. In 2009, a shopping complex called Hmong Village opened in East St. Paul that focuses all around Hmong products. In this country, there are many things that are easy for him, such as good clothing, a good house to live, and... Um, Good Minnesota had adapted as well. Every year, there's a Hmong New Year to celebrate Hmong culture in their holiday. They also welcome successful Hmong farmers into local farmers markets, and today they are packed with the Hmong farmers. 
Through all the struggles they have faced, Hmong immigrants are still strong and have become a significant group in Minnesota. They are still moving forward into a brighter future. Well, I, I think when you know the culture, then you feel, you feel like you are at, at home again. You know? They went from living in two worlds and not even having a name for snow in their own language to embracing the American dream while still keeping their history and culture prominent. Minnesota had truly become a home for thousands of Hmong refugees. Thank you, Maddie. Your story gives us some current perspective on the Hmong community and their contributions to Minnesota. If you are interested in hearing more stories like these, please subscribe to the podcast, and if you like what you hear, share it with some other podcast lovers you know, in person or via social media. Positive reviews are always appreciated as well, and remember that you can find other quality work at owlcelebrateslearning.com and reach out to me at owlcelebrateslearning at gmail.com. Thanks again to Gabe Z for the intro and outro music we are using this season. Insert snappy closing statement here.